So Patrick, lots to discuss. I feel like we got to start with the Olympics. Sure. I mean, are you, still, are you still in Maine? I'm in Maine. Yeah, I mean, I'm still on vacation. I don't know what everybody. I guess everyone else is like working for you and like back in studio. But I mean, I'm still enjoying my COVID vacation. Yeah, I mean, we're excited. we launched the new building this week. I was going to say we have to talk about this because it looks so good. And is everybody back? I mean, you know, Jim Lokay's there, Angie. Go- it looks like most of your on-air talent is back in studio. Well, they were they were back in studio in the other place. Yeah, we're all back in studio, you know, following uh well, you can't keep up with the CDC protocols. We'll talk about that later, but Yeah, you know, right. You know, it's like a puzzle that miss that's missing pieces, right? Show us the uh, evidence. Show us the science. Show us the science. Uh no, we're we're super excited. It's uh you know, yeah, we launched on Saturday, last Saturday, uh, slow, slow launch, a few newscasts on Saturday, a few on Sunday, and then hit the ground running Monday morning with seven straight hours. You know, it, listen, the feedback's been fantastic. It looks great. And you have, you know, viewers haven't even seen all the areas because some have not come online yet or are not where we want them yet. So it's going to be a process over the next two, three, four months to really iron out the kinks, but um, very, very happy with where we're at. And, and people love the building. The building's gorgeous. The newsroom has windows, Sarah. Windows. What? Oh, my God. You mean we can see outside for the first time in like 45 years. This is amazing. Even more, like 65 years. <laughs> were you at, were, was Fox 5 at that building on Wisconsin for 65 years? 1966 to 2021. Oh, my God. At 5151. Wow. So 55 years. Sorry. 55 years. That's crazy. So what is left at our old building? Like, I mean, what did you, you know? We left a couple of employees there. They, <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, did you flood the bathrooms on the way out? Like, what did you do? A- yeah, we anything? stuffed uh, we, yeah. We, we stuffed all the bathrooms. No, all the uh, toilets. So this week we're uh, getting uh, some some equipment out that you know either we're gonna have here as backup equipment or um, some of our stations are taking some stuff and uh, everything else is staying and we're just leaving. I would love to see all the promotional crap that you guys like found and hauled out of all those back rooms. So new digs, we're up and running. God, and we have Work windows. in progress, but we're excited. Pretty amazing. Well, it looks great. Yeah. It looks great on social media. So can't wait to see it in person, yeah. but it looks really good. Can't wait to see the podcast studio. I don't think I've seen any pictures of that. No, it's not a, it's not fully functional yet. So that's, so there's like a second phase where, you know, we have, we're going to have real quick because I'm boring people right now, but we'll have a second control room. We have a little self-contained uh, mini studio control room that will be for like digital OTT, live stream, YouTube, all that stuff, podcast area. And then we'll have an augmented reality, virtual reality area that we could do all kinds of cool stuff with. Uh, so yeah, all that's still to come. Okay, amazing. All right, well, let's get into. We have tons of topics. Yep. Um, so let's start with Simone Biles because I think that's probably the biggest one that yep, that's gone down in the far. past week. I want to know all your thoughts because I'm very. I, part of me thinks there's more to this story. Uh, part of me also recognizes like this girl. I mean, she's been through so much trauma from being adopted yes. to, by her grandparents. You know, her brother, I don't know how much you followed this, but her brother was just like, I think, acquitted of murder charges. I mean, you know, she's had a lot of sexual abuse from Larry Nasser. 
But she's she's ended. Okay, she's still well, not there. Only sexual abuse, but complete abuse from the U.S. Gymnastic Association, which they all should be in jail. All terrible. Don't even get me started on that. But so I don't want to jump ahead to give you my thoughts on it. But go, go ahead. Finish. Well, sorry. no, I mean, you know, she's she's been through more, tra- you know, more trauma than most of us, you know, ever live in a lifetime. Right. So I, I guess, you know, I'm kind of confused because it sounds like she pulled back. She still mm-hmm. has, I think, four events. So she may compete she in may, the events. So she she pulled out of the team. Then she made the decision to pull out of the um, um the all around it's called where you do all the events individually. And then there's an individual event where like you could get a gold medal in the vault or a gold medal in the floor. So, so she pulled out of the team, pulled out of the individual all around. And it's yet to be determined if she is going to compete in the individual events or any of the individual events. And so far, what would you say? I mean, I guess, you know, it's kind of been a disappointment, I guess, um, you know, the U.S. women's gymnastic team, considering all the attention she got and the team got heading into the uh, I mean, they won the silver in the team. So, so okay, so Where I do need you to put start? on this. Well, no, so I, there's a lot to this, okay? So I, I think first, I certainly cannot even come t- close or even try to put myself in her shoes. So, I'm, you know, at first glance, I have to res- absolutely respect her decision to decide as an elite athlete. And that's obviously she's, you know, one of the best gymnasts of all time. That she was unable to perform and either would have put herself at risk, put her team at risk even more than losing the gold or the silver, maybe not even meddling if she continued and included her scores. I'm sure to your point, it didn't just happen at the Olympics. If, you know, my limited sports background, um, I would say there was probably, this was building and building and building. Going into the Olympics or even way before the trials and so forth. And she tried to muscle through, push herself through. And it got to a point, you know, I mean, think about, walking on a tightrope, right? <laughs> yeah. This isn't golf where, okay, if you're not mentally into it in golf, you hit a couple bad swings and the ball goes, you know, in the woods and, right. you know, no one gets hurt and who gives, you know, that's my game every day, right? right? So, no, right. But you're jumping on vaults and all this stuff. So, so that's my take is she has every right to do what, what, what she wanted. Okay, but the real take is we feel like, come on, you're a professional athlete at the highest level. You know, is that Naomi Osaka, you know, is this a trend? And what it kind of makes me disappointed is I hope this isn't a trend for women. Part of it is your mental toughness game. Yeah, so so that's the other side of this. So first of all, I want to preface this by saying, because this is a delicate topic, right? The, the, The people who came out and just crucified her, attacked her called her weak and all those people have no place right i don't i don't i don't want to hear from you i don't want to hear from piers morgan who probably never did an athletic event in his entire life right well literally he's a professional troll. Like, like honestly who by the way walked off stage and quit his own show yeah but in the article hero he 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 
basically rags on himself and he says, look, yeah, if- okay. So I don't want to hear from him. Okay. From a pure athletic, like elite, elite standpoint, if Tom Brady walked out of the Super Bowl, if when Scottie Pippen left, you know, this is going way back when he didn't want to play the last, you know, minute or 30, I can't remember the length in the championship. If, um, even a cut, let's even look at cut. If, a, if the top quarterback at, you know, Florida didn't want to play in the championship game or pulled out, I think they would be crucified. Right. The immediate reaction on Simone was support the now she's been through sexual assault. She's been abused by the U.S. Gymnast Association. You've mentioned all the other stuff she's gone through. She also won a ton of medals five years ago. Yeah. Right. So I do think there is a discussion on is she the greatest of all time, even when the pressure and and the mental strain is at its peak, can you still perform? Because listen, no one forced her to be in the Olympics. No one said you got to come back. She was already, you know, Simone Biles. She was already one of the greatest of all time. She decided to come back. Like it wasn't, you know, this wasn't forced. She wasn't under contract per se. You know, she's making a fortune on endorsements, a fortune on her her, her uh, leotard, you know, clothing line. Uh, so, so I do think it's okay to say, okay, maybe she's not the greatest of all time. Maybe the pressure got too much. But it's also okay that the pressure got too much and she chose. I don't like the timing of it, but I do think you could look at it two ways. You know, people are saying, oh, she quit on her team. I actually look at it, maybe she really didn't want to be there or didn't feel she was up, but she pushed through and then realized I'm going to hurt my team or myself and it's time to pull out. So I don't think it's wrong. I don't think somebody's a complete ass if they question if she's the greatest now or can you call yourself the greatest if you pull out at the pinnacle of when when the you know pressure's the highest. Right. But I also think it's very difficult for 99.9% of us to even question her mental toughness, what she's going through, what she's been through. Um, certainly not the Piers Morgans of the world, right? So, you know, I, it's – what's your thoughts? I mean, that's kind of – I know I sound a little wishy-washy on it, but I think but I'm you being – a good take. I think you have to be. My my personal opinion is there's probably way more to this story that we're not privy to. Yeah, you I know, agree. to your point, maybe she didn't want to come to begin with, and they were like, "Hey, come," and then you can pull out. Who knows, right? I think. Um, and, and you know, look. I mean, I can't even get on the high bars, so it's like, <laughs> you know, how no. much can you criticize? But I do think there is something to part of part of performing at a high level, right? Like a GM, like yourself, or whether you're a- <laughs> okay. Let's not compare a GM to Simone Miles, please. Okay. Well, okay. all right. Well, you know, I, I just mean- ha- I just walked into my office with my Starbucks latte and said, I mean. Come on. 
Okay, well, all right, well, all right, okay, forget your job. But, you know, if you're, like, if you have, like, a high-profile gig, right, whether it's sports, yeah. part of it is a mental game, right? And Absolutely. I think you see the mental toughness of someone like Serena Williams, of Tom Brady, of Michael Jordan, of of Tiger Woods, you know, of Venus Williams. I think you want, you know, I think what I was hoping, giving her story, but, again, this is just completely an opinion, is someone that has come from everything that she's come from saying, look, I, I – Mentally, I really don't want to be here, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try. Um, You know, I'm going through a lot. I've been through a lot. I I really physically and emotionally, I don't know, but I'm here and I'm going to do it what I can do. So this may be a, I don't want to say a bad take, but a different take. And you tell me what you think. I feel more for Simone than I did for Osaka. Only because I think... At, at tennis, don't get me wrong. I think I think you know she didn't want to answer questions, and yes, I'm sure she was under pressure and, and not feeling you know from a you know, from a mental standpoint. But I think tennis, you could go out there. If you have a bad match, you lose, you're out. Okay. Where I do think when you're jumping and running up on a vault or balance beams or you know the 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 rings or the floor, I mean, you really could hurt yourself. Plus, you could hurt your team. You know, if she put up another terrible score, they probably would not have even meddled, right? Yeah. So people say, oh, she quit on her team. She cost them the gold. Well, she may have won them the silver by dropping out, right? Yeah. And again, I'm not minimizing what Osaka's going through. What I'm saying is, to me, that's the equivalent of a golf pro feeling tons of pressure, mental. You, you try to get through that match and, okay, Maybe then you need a break, right? Yeah. But no one's getting hurt if you have a bad tennis match. Well, I mean, you know, I think you're right. I mean, ultimately, it's we're just like giving our opinion, right, on a situation yeah. that you said like physically is is really difficult. I just, I'm just, I just I, your point about business though, and not necessarily a GM though. It's interesting. Like, you know, you try to equate it, and you you can't. I mean, you're talking about she's the you know pinnacle of athleticism and competition is you know what she's doing. But let's say you're going into a huge budget meeting or a presentation or a job interview, right? And you're feeling that and you don't perform, right? And, or like, I don't think I could say in my budget meeting, oh, I'm not going to go today because I'm not feeling at my best. Can we reschedule, right? That would be amazing so, if we got that email from you. I'd be like, <laughs> oh, he needs a mental no, health. Just, like, so so there, there's, you know... So I see your point, you know, on those types of types of things. I mean, you know, people like deal with pressure. But, the ha- but, but uh, let me see. the hatred is unacceptable. Like you want to have a debate about athleticism and the pinnacle mental health. And listen, I also think that people come right out and like say, you know, people came out meeting support. And so, again, this is where our country is. It wasn't like a middle ground or support and some it was either she's a complete loser for quitting or she's great courage like that's where no matter what the topic is now that it's so divided 
but why does that like to me i don't know why people don't expect that now like you know any if you're if you're at all in the the public eye right i mean you know like yourself you tweet you know you can't expect everybody to read your tweets not to like you and then well, to no just one be really like, reads my tweets and no one really likes me so there you go so we're good I, i'm in a i'm in a, listen i don't I'm in I'm in a great place. <laughs> okay, okay, well you're like but I mean, you know, overwhelmingly she got a ton of support. I think, you know, yeah. I, I just hope for women I, I want them to be mentally tough too. And I, I think it's great that we're having the conversation about mental health. I just think part of being an athlete, and I think why you see Michael Jordan and Tom Brady and Serena Williams and some of these people at the highest level is because they can do the mental aspect of it and they can perform. And that is really the hardest part. And the only part of Piers Morgan's uh, article that I agreed with was he said, you know, because Simone had cited initially, you know, she was on Twitter and a lot of the comments and some, and Piers was like, why is she on Twitter? And I actually yeah, was like, yeah. you know what, Piers, Listen, I do, I do think, you know, with the clothing lines and the endorsements, if you don't want all that press and it's not about the money, it's about the competition, then you know what? No one's forcing you to do those things. I will say the, the one angle on this, and then we can move on, that I do think is is worth looking into or you know for for child prodigies okay if you go back to like the jennifer capriati's of the world and i can't remember the football player who you know rinovich i believe his name was where his dad was just you know, he ended up quitting and getting into drugs. And I apologize if it's not the Marinovich, if, if that's well, what I'm even, thinking of. I mean, look at Tiger Woods, right? You know, he blew up his marriage and uh, slept with a bunch of, like, prostitutes. Yeah, but, like, I'm talking about, like, the Osakas and the Simone Biles. And, you know, these gymnasts, you know, from 10, 11, 12, right? Tons of pressure. Then you throw in what yeah. that those honestly villains at the u.s gymnastics allowed to occur the fact that they're not all in jail all paying complete restitution right this wasn't just about one like terrible human being a lot of people allowed this to occur to to young women who were under a ton of pressure who were vulnerable that should never happen period end of story okay so i do think these young young athletes under a ton of pressure there's something there that maybe just you know you know maybe they suppress it for years and years and then you know and then, yeah. then it it rears its head depending on the circumstances you know it's and that's i can't judge that nor should i yeah. No, I think that's a, I think that's a good take. And, you know, I mean, it's like she said, you know, like Simone Biles said, there there is more to life than gymnastics. And certainly what you're saying, too, is when like you, when you safety. say that to me, like she wasn't into this Olympics. Right. I, right. I, I agree. That's why I think I think there's just know, like way I, more to the I, story. There, there, this is to me, if I had a guess, this has been going on for a while. She probably pushed through to get there. Yeah. Tried. Didn't work. She probably wanted to not even participate um, or, or at some point she realized this isn't going to be fun anymore. It's not fun anymore, whatever. So, so that's my take on it. Okay. Well, I think it's a good take and everybody seems to have a take on it. So hopefully she is, you know, hopefully she's doing okay. And cause it, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, she's 24 years old. She's got the, she can do whatever she wants now. And um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Honestly though, I, I hope she doesn't participate next week. That would be a little weird, then, don't you think? 
Like, I think she should just pull out completely. Don't you think at this point? Oh, Patrick, anything goes now. I think she'll compete in one. You know, I think it's just the drama of the entire, you know, the entire thing. And I think we are in a place where and there's lots of positives to this, where people are talking about their mental health. But I think they change all the time. Right. It's like. You know, I mean, they everybody still promotes all their pro- Naomi Osaka. Yeah, the, you still the one, on the one. I saw a few takes about how we hope this isn't a trend where not pushing through is perceived as better than actually pushing through, and whether you fail or not. See, I'm not saying she had to push through and win, or you know, people, you know, but there are there's a take. There, there's some people having the take that you know. Yes, you're not, you need you need to know when to take care of yourself, but you also need to know when you got to push through. And but again, it's at a completely different level than I'm even qualified to comment on. So I'm going to stop. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> um, all right. Well, what do you want to talk? Let's talk about our other favorite topic. You know, we love oh. to debate things, but let's talk about the virus because we really enjoy that. Uh, Prince George's County coming out saying the schools, teachers, students, everybody's going to be masked up. Um, All we hear about now on all news outlets is the Delta variant, people with the vaccine getting it, California, we're going backwards, says your favorite guy, Fauci. I mean, where do you want to begin? Um, Now we're hearing booster shots from the CEO of Pfizer. I'm going to try to keep this tight. And the CDC is a complete embarrassment, utter, utter embarrassment. Their messaging is terrible. They're not. They, they try to claim they are. They are not using science right now. The percentage of vaccinated individuals getting the Delta and getting sick, when I say sick, really sick or hospitalized, is minuscule. I believe it's 0.004%. I believe there's only little over 6,000 hospitalizations of people who have been vaccinated with the Delta. Out of 161 million people. Okay. So let's number one, let's look at that. Number two, as a vaccinated person, it is not my job to protect unvaccinated. Period. End of story. The government jurisdiction should not mandate that I have to wear a mask to protect an unvaccinated person. Sorry, that's a wrong message. It's a wrong policy, wrong recommendation. It is, it's, 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 it's actually a really bad path to be on. Third, it actually validates or try, it starts to enforce what the anti-vaxxers have been saying about the government, that they want to control you. That Now, I don't believe that necessarily, but what I'm saying is when you start mandating that vaccinated people who've been promised or been told do the right thing go get vaxxed you're not going to get sick no one ever said this thing was going to go away they said it would become an endemic and for vaccinated people that's basically what it's become i get it 95 percent i'm going to be okay five percent i might get a little sick couple percentage points i may okay end up in the hospital like if i had the flu really bad right that's an endemic the only pandemic going on right now is for unvaccinated people. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then get to the schools real quick, mandating that 12 to 17 year olds who are vaccinated have to wear masks in schools is the single worst thing schools can do. 
because as a 14 year old or 15 year old, there's really no reason now for me to get vaxxed because I'm not going to really get sick. Right. I mean, 99.99% of kids who are 14, 15, 16, if they got it, they're not even going to know they had it for the most part. So why get vaxxed now? So you basically have thwarted any reason for 12 to 17 year olds to get vaxxed. These schools have overreacted once again. And then answer to me this question, and then I'll stop ranting. For 14 months, we've been told kids can't go to school. They can't wear masks. They can't self-distance. It's a health risk to the kids. They have to stay home. Now, the Delta variant is as contagious or more than yeah, the, COVID, yeah. the, first, the, the first variant, right? But now it's okay for kids to wear a mask who are unvaccinated and go back to school in a month or three weeks. What's changed? We were told for 14 months kids could not go into school because of health risks to them. What's changed? An unvaccinated kid now can go to school with a mask. So basically either you're full of crap going forward or you told us kids can go to school for 14 months, that we had to lock down everything. We couldn't go into restaurants. If masks were the be all end all, as you're saying they are now, then you then you screwed up for 14 months and you cost this country tons of, of, of economic disaster and you cause these kids terrible loss of learning and socialization for 15 months. And don't tell me, oh, kids can go back now because most teachers are vaccinated. No, if your concern is the health and welfare of the children, which is paramount, which you've said, then unvaccinated kids should not be able to go to school this fall. They should still have to do remote learning and then let all the vaccinated kids go to school without masks. That's what should happen. Uh, well, you know, I, I here's what I agree with you on. I think the CDC has a, a huge credibility problem happening right now because you even now have other science t- scientists saying, show us the data, you know, show us the data. And they say, well, we're referring to a, you know, um, an internal survey or this, that the data is coming, the data is coming, but they're, they're making these statements. And I think it's, yeah, I mean, I think they, ha- I think states are listening less and less to the CDC, which is, you know, I don't know that I, how does that play in down the road when it comes to other, you know, issues that arise, whether it's health I, issues it, or whatever, it, it, they do have a credibility. It makes, thing. It, it makes no sense to me. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. How do you feel about, see, I'm, I'm wearing a mask still, like I told you, cause I just, I just don't trust like other people. I don't want to get sick at all, but anyhow, it, but, but by the way, and I've said this, that that's fine. Yeah. If, every, if, yeah. It, listen, if everyone wants to wear a mask, wear a mask. But my problem is, without science you're telling kids they have to wear a mask in school sure you're telling uh, you're telling me that you know again my our county is not in the substantial or high risk so we it hasn't been re-implemented but you know you know montgomery county and the counties in this surrounding area the second they have a chance to reinstate it they're going to and that's what's wrong yeah you i get not, your point yeah you shouldn't want to just do this like you know i put a seatbelt on to protect myself yes right if I want to put a mask on, I'm going to protect myself, but I shouldn't have to put a seatbelt on to protect somebody else. Like it just, it's wrong. It's fundamentally wrong. Okay. But that you're making the point of basically these unvaccinated people, which is 40% of the country need to get vaccinated to to protect us. You should have to prove you're vaccinated to go into a business or wear a mask 
I shouldn't have to, right? The rate of transmission from vaccinated to non is, is minimal. So, so don't tell me you're protecting me now. How and you- by the way, if you're telling me you're protecting me as a vaccinated person, then you're basically telling me the vaccinations don't work. Sorry. Then, then we got a problem here, right? How do you feel about company? You know, Netflix was one of the latest ones to come out and basically say we're we're mandating any U.S. production that we're doing, any filming, everybody on set, everyone has to be vaccinated. How do you feel Listen, about that? I can't I can't speak for our company, but I, I would say in general, I'm okay with vaccinated mandates for employees. I think the NFL is doing it too, aren't they? And and Ron Rivera, what do you think of Ron Rivera's comments this week coming out yeah. saying he's so disappointed that so many, you know, as a cancer survivor with a compromised immune system, how many of his own cl- players won't clearly, get it? Clearly, clearly it's legal as a condition of employment or a condition of going to a college campus. It clearly is legal to mandate vaccinations. Yeah. Yeah. So the hope is that the federal government looks like they're going to do it. The state of California has done it. New York State has done it for workers. You start seeing the Washington Post did it this week. You know, their CEO, Fred Ryan, came out and said, you know what? He was, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he's basically trying to not, but enough. Now you got to be to come up, to come in. You got to get vaccinated. Now, there's a lot to that because then if somebody doesn't want it, can they work from home? And then is that fair to the other? So, so there, listen, there's a lot to navigate from an employee uh, legal perspective. But um, I originally was against the like, first vaccination against the passport concept. But now that this, but I honestly thought we would get to 70, 75% as a country. And I thought nope. we'd hit herd immunity. Right. And now I, I've changed. I'm like, you know what? I respect your individual choice to not get vaccinated. Sure. But you shouldn't impact my life and you shouldn't impact my business. And by you not being vaccinated, you're putting me at risk. You're putting business at risk. You're putting other people's business at risk. You're putting my, and I don't want to sound like a freedom fighter, but you're putting my rights at risk because of your choices. Yeah. Sorry. Misinformation. You don't get to do that. Yeah, I shouldn't have to wear a mask to protect you. I shouldn't have to avoid a business to protect you. I shouldn't have to. Sorry, you want to get on that. You want to stay unvaccinated. Then that comes with restrictions. That's it. That's where we should be. And that's what the CDC and and I think the Biden administration has been terribly weak on this. It's not our job to blame people. Blah, blah, blah. No, this is where. Sorry. And the other party has been terrible too because they you know well they they, yeah exactly they spread misinformation and but but you can't be wishy-washy on this thing we have a pandemic we need to get to a certain percentage let's go and you know what if we're still wearing masks a year from now we got a real problem we got a real real problem oh and the other problem you have now is you've created like people like screw this i'm not wearing a mask like like they feel they feel like They've been lied to. Well, I don't see people wearing masks, to be honest. I I think that people are over it. I think they've gotten the vaccine. I think, you know, 60 percent of people have gotten the vaccine. A lot of people have gotten the vaccine. The people who haven't gotten the vaccine, they don't believe in it anyhow. So they're not even wearing a mask. So like I'm in Maine, no one's wearing a mask. And, and, you know, they have signs like, oh, hey, we'd like you to wear a mask. But they're not enforcing it. And, you know, people are doing what it's business is back. Things are back. 
you know, and I yeah, wear a mask I, and I, I look, people think I look crazy. So there you go. Uh, okay. But I, I, you know, we've have tons of topics to cover. I do want to ask you about the, um, like the committee, the house committee that's investigating the January 6th insurrection. Um, representative Adam Kinzinger, you know, is one of the two Republicans. Oh. So is Liz Cheney. Very interesting. You know, he teared up yesterday hearing some of the police officers testimony. And I thought this was interesting from Kissinger, um, Kissinger. He says that GOP, there's so many lawmakers privately that absolutely support him on the GOP side and do not believe the election was stolen in any way. But of course, they won't say it publicly. Um, What's your take on all that? You know, a lot of controversy with Nancy Pelosi and Kevin McCarthy. Uh, Kevin McCarthy put up several nominees. I I tweeted this this week, and I feel strongly about it. You know, I think the the so-called party, and I mean the Republican Party, who, you know, espouses that they're for law enforcement first and foremost, have completely and utterly embarrassed themselves this week. They've shown to the American people the hypocrites that they are. To even question the integrity of these four police officers, yeah, um, just unfortunately tells you all you need to know that it's fake. It's it's for political purposes only. There is no one that should be questioning these officers. Yeah, um, and you know, don't tell me you're for law enforcement and then try to criticize these individual testimonies and so forth. All right. I mean, maybe some of the facts you could question, oh, did that really to get to the bottom of certain things, but to question their integrity that, you know, just it's, it's, the, it's just, I know the hypocrisy. I think good for you. That's a great statement from the Republican Party. You know, like your take on the Republican Party. It's true. You know, I mean, they're again, so about. And I'm, I'm not painting the, the entire party because you do have the Kinzinger's world. You have the Liz Cheney's of the world. You have the Mitt Romney's and a lot of others who, are who speak pro, up. Yeah. Who's, you know, who, who obviously have been supportive of the officers and, and the entire process. So it's not everyone. But the leadership, much, much of the leadership is an embarrassment. Total embarrassment. Yeah. I, no, I agree with you. Great point. Um, what about, okay, what about locally? Um, this was interesting, although she was never pro de- defund the police anyway, but Mayor Bowser here in D.C., she's asking for 170 new police officers to be hired an $11 million budget coming in to combat the D.C. violence. Now, it was yep. D.C. Council that wanted to defund the police and take away, or reall- I'm not sure take away, but maybe reallocate some money. Yeah. Um, but what do you think about that? You know, again, she was never defund the pro defund the police anyway. But now we're seeing here in the nation's capital, they want more police. We've been talking about this for a while. The the, the policing, there's there's need for certain police policing reforms. But the concept that the people in your own city don't want a strong, respected, resourced police force is a myth. Yeah. I- the people, the people most impacted by so-called defund the police are the people you think you're trying to protect, right? Where the crime rates are high, where the gangs move about, where the illegal drugs and weapons are taking place. And, you know, you had the Seattle mayor come out yesterday. Yeah, who that's said, right. We need more police. You've had the Detroit police commissioner who's been very vocal about it. 
um, you know, a weakened police force in these major cities is only going to increase. The only result is going to be increased crime. Now, that doesn't mean there shouldn't be reform. There shouldn't be more education. There shouldn't be. Yeah, more you know, community race, work, race, more social community workers. work, racial, racial education. Yeah, yeah absolutely. all that stuff. But this concept that we're going to defund the police, and by the way, it's not even defund the police, it's the lack of respect and support from the councils and the mayors in some of these cities. Why do you want to be a cop? Why? Well, they're having right? a hard time. I mean, look, that, that's been Being the complaint. Being a police officer for many was a noble profession. Yeah. It's, it's not perceived that way anymore in some cases, right? So- but do Listen. you think this is like tide is changing because to your point to Seattle, to Detroit, now to D.C., do you think actually that 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 slogan of defund the police is going to kind of go away? Because yeah. it seems Listen, like I it's a non-starter think that was now. Like, I think that was more of a media thing. And, you know, obviously yeah. Black Lives Matter. Some people said it and some mayors said it. But I don't think that's the big issue here. I think it's the yeah. lack of respect, the lack of support, the and listen, you want to talk about a tough job? any mistakes are perceived to be that you're a bad person. Right. And there are some bad cops. There's a lot of bad cops. There's a lot of bad anything, right? Sure, sure. And, absolutely. And again, um, I've said this a hundred times. I'm all for re-education, retraining. Um, listen, even, even you know, de-escalation squad on mentally ill patients. Um, but, you know, to, to think that, you know, the problem, too, is the people making these decisions have zero credibility or zero knowledge of what it takes to truly protect and police a major city. Yeah. But what's going on in Baltimore, Chicago, Chicago? I, I know. I knew you were going to talk about this. Which well, which I, part? Just the crime increase, or Mayor Lightfoot? You know everything. It's just a disaster, like a disaster. I mean, New I, York City. I mean, listen. The, the more I hear Eric Adams talk in New York City, the more I hope he's the guy. He seems to be the oh, right yeah. choice. So hopefully he, you know, hopefully what he's saying now, he will follow up on. He gets it but, and he's lived it, you know, so I think, you know. Listen, and he, he gets the balance needed. Yes. You have to protect your citizens. You have to protect the citizens who are most vulnerable. Yeah. That's your number one job. Then you have to protect the businesses and the communities so, so people can thrive and open up businesses and feel safe to then go shop and spend money and be out. Sure, sure. Like, what yeah. is, this isn't, listen. This isn't hard. Yeah. Well, he's another person that's not interested in defund the police at all. You know, I mean, he's interested, of course, like you said, in education. And, and this and- is why I like electing people like an Eric Adams who have a life before politics. Yeah. Who have who have lived and understand things and either ran businesses or in his case was a 20 year veteran of the police force. And like, you know, we need to get back to electing people who have life experiences. Yeah. Uh, right. Instead of celebrity, it's like Matthew McConaughey, you know, it's like, dude, you well, know, yeah, listen, I, you know, I don't think, listen, I think Biden's fi- doing fine right now, but even Joe, he's a lifelong politician. Yeah. Yeah. Joe. Like, yeah. Like, sorry. Like we need, you know, that's every, dis- if you're a lifelong politician, every decision you make, the first thought is politics. 
rather than what's best. Now, again, I do think Joe's a good guy and I do think he, you know, try. You know, I think they're but, doing, yeah, they're. But but it's always politics first, right? It's always, it just is. And that, and yeah, you know, I don't know. But we're not going to change the political system on this podcast right now. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, last things on any other pop culture stuff that you want to talk about? Um, free, I'm still free, Britney. I ordered my shirt. It hasn't arrived yet. What? Okay. If you start rocking a free Britney shirt, oh my god. Okay. Um, gonna be interesting to see. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. Like that whole thing. It just seems like a mess either way. But I'm sure I, I do end up. I think Kanye she will West go. living in the what? Where is he living? Oh, in Atlanta the, in the uh, Atlanta Stadium oh, down there. Yeah, Mercedes Benz thing or whatever. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know? Do you care? I I don't. No, I don't. I don't. I don't care about. Ben. I think Ben and J Lo is. Listen, I think they're having fun. I don't think it's super serious, and I think it's all publicity. But who? I don't see that I don't one care. exactly. That one I care about because I think it's such a publicity stunt. I can't believe people fall for it. I can't believe people want them back together. I'm like, this will By never work. By the way, Ben Affleck is one of the most underrated actors in America. I watched one of my top four, five favorite movies of all time, and I watched it again the other night. Is The Accountant. Oh, I Utterly win. fantastic movie. He was great. He plays an autistic um, assassin. Um, oh, I gotta and, watch that. Um, okay. Like a and like, but a one that cares about people. Uh, it's so good. You've never seen the accountant? I don't think I have. No, I've got to watch. Uh, I, we this watch... podcast is over. <laughs> Bye, bye. Finding a new co-host. Bye. bye. <laughs> I don't think I have. We watch The Town all the time. Oh, so good. I'm, so I've seen good. that 10,000 times. Okay, um, so you and uh, your your your, uh, your your husband there, watch The Accountant. Okay. Please. I'll ask Dan if he's seen Anna it. Anna okay. Kendrick. Okay. Uh, it's, it's superb. John okay. Lithgow. Come on. All right, I gotta look. I don't think I've seen it, but yeah, but Ben Affleck is pretty amazing as a director and an actor. Yeah, one hundred percent. J Lo's amazing, and I still think he was the best Batman. Okay, well, I don't know about that. Really, you think he was the best over Christian Bale? You think Ben Affleck was the best Batman over Chris- Christian Bale? Was mm, like that's the- close for me. That's close for me. I think <laughs> Bale was. But, but, they, but they were a little different. <laughs> Bale is such like a. I do th- yeah, I mean, Bale was fantastic in Dark Knight, but I do think Affleck was. I think Affleck was underrated in that. I think he's really? underrated in everything he does. Yeah. Wow, that's a hot take. Okay, there you go. Well, ben Affleck's biggest fan right here. All no, right. I don't know about that, but Denzel's number one for me. Denzel is your is your greatest actor uh, of all time. Of all time, by far. Oh, that's a really good. Okay. Mm. I mean, you got the Pacinos and the De Niro's and the you know the the, the go tos you know. But for me, there's Denzel's Denzel and then everyone else. Yep. Damn. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to end it on that. Yeah. On Denzel right. being the greatest actor. Okay, Patrick. Well, enjoy your uh, next week in Maine. And uh, I will. I will. We'll have a lot to talk you, about, I'm sure, you got to come week. in for your uh, tour here. I, what's the deal? People keep uh, messaging me. Hey, uh, are you invited back in studio? And now people are speculating. They, they don't want me back because of my hot takes on like it or not. That, I, you know, I'm just too much. And that, that's why maybe you guys are keeping me well, away gotta, from the building. Well, one, once you're done with your maternity leave, you got to come in <laughs> studio and do like it or not. I know. I know. I'm just fine hanging out in uh, at my Zoom in Leesburg. I'm all good, but I will be in. I will be in. All right, Patrick, where do people right. find you? Patrick, GM, Fox 5 DC. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye, Sarah.